0: It's a gentle journey, worthy of the wait, like the wild goose flying. Seas, with Seven, its own
1: mistakes. How are you? I'm oh, very well, very
2: well, not too bad, not too bad. Sorry about the frequency of the episodes, chats and yes. chappesses. It's just a matter of uh, uh, when we can squeeze them in on a whatever day. So but here we, we are. All good.
1: Fair to say, for especially whiskey ambassadors, this is what sometimes is called the silly season we're about to enter into and it's just everything <laughs> everywhere all at once.
2: Yeah. It's getting a bit busier at the moment. And, uh, yeah, I think that's probably fair. I mean, certainly, um, you know, second half of September through till pretty much the end of November is pretty busy. I'm off this weekend to London at the whiskey show in London. So if anybody's going to the whiskey show in London, I will be there, uh, for three days, uh, So pouring some drams so come and
1: see us and at the same time there's one in Ghent as well which is there is one in Ghent that I think some
2: people are going to yes absolutely and there's a whole range of other stuff going on at the moment so there's lots going on there is what what have you been up to
1: well later on in the podcast we will be going to the the capital going to say the capital of the Hanseatic region of Germany going to Bremen I was there now it's almost two weeks ago so would oh, you apologise? I've said to people I interviewed there, it'll be on soon. But it's just the nature of the the beast, Gordon. So we've got some great interviews from a show in the Werder Bremen Bremen Stadium, which is ah. a great, a great you on the pitch. Do they think what? it's all over? <laughs> it is what it was then, and it is still now. Uh, So we've got some great interviews from Christoph Kirsch, Paul Dempsey, Gabriella from Duncan Taylor, Kevin Madden from West Cork, and Anna Catherine Buchholz from Herth Distilling, and Dave King, our friend from... Was Dave King there? Well, I was going to bring this up after the interview, but I was not expecting to see the head of sales, the mighty head of sales for Gordon McPhail pouring drams at a whiskey festival.
2: There you go, Mr. King. He's a, he's an interesting chap, Mr. King.
1: Oh, we've got a great interview with Dave coming up. He's in.
2: fabulous, David King. So that's great, excellent, good.
1: And just um, to tease that interview, he did actually say in the was it the mid nineties? I think it was the Daily Record had him as one of Scotland's eligible bachelors, along with really Dave Coulthard <laughs> and others. You know. but Gordon, was that ever something that you were? I was, n-
2: n- no. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, I remember um, meeting the person who put it together for the Scotsman or something. And I was like, how was I not in it? And he's like, oh, yeah, I can't believe I forgot about you. He was joking.
1: Obviously. <laughs> yeah, um, I get, in my previous life as a comedian, Gordon, I think the esteemed publication called the Glasgow Herald referred to me, well, referred to my double act partner as a pudding face giant. And I was a googly-eyed midget, so that's really not quite bachelor material. Uh-huh. What's your best joke as a comedian? <laughs> no, there wasn't one. That's...
2: that's why you're doing whiskey. <laughs>
1: that's why whiskey found me. Don't notice we'll get great interviews coming up from Bremen, but we are recording now. What's this coming up to the end of September, beginning of October, twenty twenty three? You've already apologised for lack of frequency in episodes, but news whiskey news before we go into all the releases and go into yeah topic collections and collecting whiskey anything's caught your eye
2: yeah there has i mean i think the one thing that's really caught my eye and everybody should have a look at this is the distillers one of one auction which uh this is the second uh one of one auction the first one was in 2021 um, and uh, there was 40 lots which achieved over 2.4 million pounds donated to the distillers' charity, which is the Youth Action Fund. They're doing it again, and there's a there's about a similar amount of lots, I think, um, at this time. And we have some really quite special whiskies in here, uh, genuinely one of ones. So there's um, casks from Aaron and. There's a beautiful um, Brora, uh, which has a has an estimate of um, it's 1.5 liters of broa, beautifully displayed on a beautiful plinth and I mean beautifully done with a it's got an estimate of 200 to 400 thousand pounds. I think the other one that stands out over there's a few but one of the other one that stands out is um, is a beau one of one. It's a it's an aged Beaumont in a in a unique bottle. Again, 1.5 liters, or certainly bigger than a normal Beaumont. Um and a real collect, You know, genuinely something you cannot buy again. Um, and uh, again, an estimate in a similar level of 200 to 300 thousand pounds. Uh, you know, fabulous that the 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 brands have gone to this sort of level for this. It really is a a statement.
1: Just what's great to see, Gordon. How nice it is for the industry to get right behind this uh, great yeah. cause and really sort of go to that really extra length to produce unique offerings. Yeah.
2: And, and and if you have a look through all the lots, I mean, there's, there's casks, which are obviously unique. There's Rosebanks in there. We've, we released two Rosebanks um, about three or four years ago. You can buy, you can get the bottle one uh, of each of those two releases on a beautifully displayed plinth. That's doing pretty well as well from a a price perspective currently. And it's all going to come to a head on October the 5th, I think. So that's really something, if you've not had a look, have a look on the Sotheby's website, Distiller 1 of 1.
1: That's fantastic. Other news, Gordon, would be the Scottish Risk Association releasing figures just in the last couple of hours since we're recording about the pre-pandemic levels of tourism. Back to Scottish distilleries, over two million people visited Scottish distilleries. And to put that into perspective, how many people live here in Scotland? About five and a half. Yeah. (laughs) You know, so having two million people coming through, Germans, Americans, French, Italians, um, amazing figures there. And I think everybody's delighted with that.
2: Yeah, look, I don't think we're back to where we were, but uh, I think uh, I think we're on the road, which yeah, is good. We've we seen have. it at Glengoyne. you know. I think at Glengoyne, we've had a busy summer, despite you know replacing the roof uh, in the mid up for the whole of July. But uh, we're, I, I think we, we would all agree we're not quite back to where we were. And obviously, with what's happening with Rosebank next year, we're excited to see this trend continue. So yeah, we're, 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 that's really good news. One of the other <laughs> things that's news wise that struck me, which I have just had a it came out about two or three weeks ago is it's really interesting to see, um, you know, we've got a a very famous lady called Maureen Robertson, who is Robinson, sorry, Robinson, who's a very famous blender and has been blending some of the finest scotches for many, many years. She has just taken up uh, a role as being a blender for a Kentucky Owl. Which is obviously a bourbon-based. I mm-hmm. get uh, obviously in Kentucky, uh, but they have they have basically recruited one of Scotland's most revered master blenders, which shows you that, you know, if you if you understand whiskey, whether it's American or Scotch, you can blend. And she's former Diageo master blender,
3: wow. uh,
2: and she retired after forty five years with Diageo, but she's she's clearly still you know wanting to get involved in whiskey. What's really interesting from our perspective as well at Rosebank is she was the woman to thank for the Flora and Fauna bottlings which would include that Rosebank 12 that we know about. Yeah. So um yeah, no, really really uh interesting sort of cross the cross the pond activity from a, a very very famous Scottish blender. That's which really is very interesting. interesting. Hey, go- the other thing that's quite interesting Hang this on. week is um the launch of the new Isle of Harris Distillery Hirach. Ah,
1: mm-hmm, yes.
2: Which I have a bottle sitting in a news agent round the corner that was attempted to be delivered yesterday and didn't. Um, but I'm really excited to try that. Obviously, um uh, you know, a new release. I think there's eight batches though. I think it's a little confusing about the batches and the difference between them. But uh yeah, eight batches and uh, I've got one coming and it looks a really nice release. So I don't know if there's any left, but if you want to try and get a release of the New Isle of Harris, obviously famous for the gin initially. Yes. And now um, the the whiskey has arrived.
1: Most most distilleries will be putting out a seasonal release, the build up to Christmas. So
2: Yeah, no. It, it, generally you tend to see whiskies released in March to May and September to November. Generally, you know, that's when you generally seem to see whiskeys released. We tend to release most of ours in September. So from our perspective, we've just released a new cigar malt uh, you know that first fill unique style of whiskey for tamdu uh, very very uh, sought after very limited and you know i had a question about the price of of whiskeys recently and this is a prime example people go oh it's quite expensive for a non-age statement whiskey but when you explain that these are first fill casks you're taking out from a very small selection and every first fill cask you take out of our overall stock profile you 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 have to ensure you're not affecting how that affects the the, the core of the 12, the 15, the 18 in, in times to come. So, you know, that's why a whisky such as a cigar malt is a little higher price because of the type of casks. It's not about the age, it's about the type of cask.
1: Okay, well, I'll tell you what, we'll, we'll get into that later on. I've um, got to get some great interviews from Germany. I'm dying to get to Bremen. And I'm going to sit and enjoy the next part of the podcast with a dram. I have got ah. here an 18-year-old Douglas Lane Timorous Beastie blended malt whisky.
2: Ah, so Timorous Beastie being a blended malt. Now, from what I can remember with Douglas Lane, they have, I think they have five or six blended malts from five or six of the regions. So I think they have Big Pete, they have Rock Oyster, which I think is an island one. I don't know which one Timorous Beasties is. Is it the lowland one? Is it the highland one? I'm not sure. We should ask Joanne.
1: They have them at Great, Great company and... Um, that's a lovely drama, 18 year old That's sumptuous Enjoy I'll enjoy God, you we were going to be drinking the Hirach But
2: I, Yeah, I I, I And I'm I am I'm, I will find something to drink Come back to me As of
1: Hirach And now You've got nothing so I've
2: got nothing Because I'm looking at nothing <laughs> I will tell, have something
1: You can tell us what it is after this. I want to pick up a couple of points From this fantastic Yeah, sure uh, From the Kirsch Whiskey Fair in Bremen Here we go, take it away
0: Uh, Well, uh, my name is uh, Christoph Kirsch from Kirsch Import and we are uh, hosting our second annual house fair here where we invite our good partners from all over the world uh, to meet our customers in Germany.
1: It's been wonderful. You said we are here. Where is here?
0: We are in the football stadium Weserstadion in the beautiful city of uh, Bremen in the north of Germany.
1: Well, I like football, but why did you pick this place?
0: Well, I grew up here, so yes. a lot of our employees are big, uh, long-time fans of the club, so it's kind of bringing together... And that's Werder Bremen? It's Werder Bremen, it's a football yep. club. So we bring together both of our passions, one being uh, spirits and the other football, so it's a good venue, we that's feel like. a
1: fantastic idea. And just take you back, uh, Kirch Imports, how long have they been going?
0: Uh, my dad founded the company in 1976, so I'm second generation now. I took over about 10 years ago. And yeah, we try to bring good spirits to people all over Germany.
1: Right, and was that a decision, a hard decision, or easy decision to take over?
0: Um, well, funnily enough, uh, it wasn't always clear, but uh, right. when I took uh, half a year off university um, to kind of put my foot in the water, I instantly fell in love with the industry and the business and uh, never looked back.
1: Right, this podcast is called Whiskey Unscripted. There's lots of lovely rums here and some gins here. but. How do you go about um, deciding what whiskies to bring into to Germany? Um, what do you like? Is it a personal preference, or is it sheer business? And how? Don't need to tell me the inner workings, but how do you go about
0: it? So I don't think there's too much of a personal preference in terms of flavor. There's so many flavors that I think that you you need to have something something for everyone. And then you know we are a family owned independent business, so we like to look for the same in, in the mm-hmm. Scottish companies all over the world, so family owned, independent, ideally, and then just good liquid, you know, rather smaller producers and uh, yeah, ultimately uh, as long as the liquid is good and it's, uh, it works for the consumer, it usually works for us as well.
1: And you do imports all over Germany or is it all local areas?
0: We are acting nationwide all over Germany, also just started in Austria. And yeah, hopefully, oh, uh, and
1: more. <laughs> 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 yes. You, you, now, okay, you put together a fair. So, how do you lay it out? Try and paint a picture of how you've designed the fair and what how how does it flow?
0: Um, it's a good question. I, to be honest with you, I don't think we give it too much thought. I it's like it you you, yes, you
1: get some scotch whiskey behind me new world over there
0: yeah so exactly so you just kind like of put it together by category and then it's the one that's scotch over there and then uh, some in the middle and then over there is world whiskey and then rum and uh, kind of put it by category in a way yes um, I'm not too sure whether that's the best way like we're actually debating maybe we, we split it a little bit more so we get a little bit more interaction between the things right that's, that's um, interesting but yeah so far so good and that seems to work
1: we've talked to a few people here already but could you just name check some of the whiskies that our listeners might have heard that you're bringing in that that are here today?
0: Well, I think we have a big selection. Um, We have a few independent bottlers, such as Signature, Vintage, Gordon McPhail, Duncan Taylor, Mario McDavid, a couple of distilleries, uh, older ones uh, like Edward Dower. Uh, We do have uh, Glenn Alecky here. Um, uh, Plenty of other brands I'm sure Uh, I'm forgetting now. No, I don't Uh, know, I think that's pretty good. Obviously Uh, we have the Six Isles Blended mold and the Isle of Sky Blended Scotch which are fantastic as well.
1: Fronted by a very handsome young man, I believe. Exactly, exactly. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I met him and he's uh, great. and and
1: so, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so how's it been? You know, this is not a public event, isn't it? So it's a business event. Can you explain,
0: yeah. why you did that. Yeah. So for us, it's important. You know, to to it's very important as well for each whiskey brand to talk to consumers. Um, but ultimately, for us as an importer, you know, our customers are the businesses who then them themselves are actually speaking to the consumers. So we wanted to make sure that we have a venue where we can meet our customers which are the shops would then go on and actually speak to the consumers and try to educate them about whiskey and all the other spirits that we do because you have
1: got some you've got people that have what we would call off licenses and you have is it restaurants as well and bars people from
0: yes all we, sorts of businesses we have people from all sorts of businesses uh, probably the majority is from off-license uh, premises but mm-hmm. uh, also some restaurants and bars actually. now just
1: a quick word about the categories in Germany Whisky has been very strong, but is it safe? Is it been pursued by rum and tequilas and gin? Or what? what roughly in Germany, unscientifically, where do you think whisky sits as a spirit?
0: I think it's pretty much number one. I mean, you always have local spirits, imported spirits. Whisky is by far and above the, the number one. I think the main challenge for Scotch could be the pricing going forward. Yeah. You know, on. On some, especially some older liquids, you know, basically the normal consumer is a little bit priced out of the market. But there we also have alternatives now going into blended more blended scotch, where you have very good liquid for the price you pay. Yeah. So it's just finding the right product for the individual.
1: And how's, how's the market at the moment going forward? You're working, I'm sure, months ahead. Is it looking healthy, the spirits market?
0: It's looking healthy but less dynamic than a couple of years ago yeah, so yeah. you see some challenges but coming from very strong uh, uh, last couple of years and um, yeah you just do the work and I uh, hope that uh, it's, it's really sunny and hot right now in Bremen so you hope for some more colder weather so yes. people actually uh, look forward to being at home and enjoying a drum in front of their. Of
1: course, uh, or, or this is lovely cold gin weather as well isn't exactly. it, it's absolutely. Yeah. Christoph, thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Good luck with the fair. It's been great so far. I'm sure we're going to have a great uh, afternoon here. Wonderful. Thank you very much. No, thank you. Take care. And now for more of (laughs) the interviews in action. So here we are, day two of the Whiskey Hush Fair. I didn't quite make day one, but there's a story behind that. And I'm at the stall of the brave new spirits and Paul Dempsey. Paul, tell us about um, the dangers of photography. Oh, don't! don't. <laughs> God. We're in a very photog- photogenic football
4: stadium. Um, lots of places to balance bottles to take scenic photographs. Unfortunately, I picked the wrong point to balance, <laughs> and somebody at the next football game is going to have a lovely whisky-smelling seat. So. so the bottle, the bottle smashed. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. These are the things that. Paul, give us a quick update. Brave New Spirits, what is it? Who are you? What's the story? Brave
4: New Spirits are uh, an independent bottler based in Glasgow. We have a few different small back single cast brands. Uh, We are also the people behind the new Witchburn Distillery in Campbelltown, which got its planning permission last week. I saw it in the papers. Um, And uh, yeah, we've been working in Japan. Japan. We've been working in Germany for about two years now uh, with Kirsch. and they have the bottles that you see here So, yes.
1: um, give us a quick ch- run through the bottles uh, we,
4: oh, uh, we have a range called Whiskey of Voodoo which is oh, nice. small batches, usually exotic kind of wine cask finishes, we have a single cask range called Cask Noir including a German exclusive um, single yes. cask uh, Jura. now those are um, again just really high quality single casks mainly classic distilleries a lot of French wine casks used for maturation And then we have the yellow edition, which is the more traditional uh, bourbon and sherry cask-style single casks.
1: Right. What's going well? What went well yesterday? Now, this is all trade, isn't it? This is not public. Yeah,
4: the thing is, everybody that's coming in the door here has got a store or a bar. So, uh, voodoo seems to be popular with the bars. The single cask ones are for the shops, I think. Okay. Um, And Germany loves... Rare small batch whiskey, anyway, so that's why we've got an exclusive that's only on sale in Germany. So,
1: and just on the word of travelling, um, how's it been this year D- doing, doing you know, the rounds? It was easier than yours, <laughs> yeah. It's a my, my, my flight got here, <laughs> it's a bit of a nightmare. Isn't it? <laughs> my flight, um, no, uh, we do, we, do tra- tra- we do travel tips on this show, and I suppose one of the tips uh, I mentioned I thought of yesterday is just don't panic, yeah. No, honestly, when the and carry- something hits the fan, just do not carry uh, a
4: spare set of pants and socks in your hand luggage, Aye, because nice. if you do lose your suitcase, at least you can turn up the next day for your flight with some clean Grundys on. So.
1: Yeah, that's great, that's a very important. It's the first time I've had the word Grundy on the show, so that's, <laughs> it's always good. We're trying to figure out what to say. So. <laughs> right, uh, well, Paul, good luck with this. Cheers, and, uh, Gordon. Thanks for po- popping up in the uh, Whiskey Unscripted. Have fun, cheers. Oh, thank you. So, we're we'll just going round the st- uh, st- stall this now. Uh, what's your
5: name? Gabriella. Gabriella. Oh, <laughs> I thought
1: you meant it in the future. No, 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 just, just now. <laughs> okay. Um, Gabriella, you're with Duncan Taylor yeah. and we're talking about blended whiskies. Mm-hmm. So I'm a big fan. Mm-hmm. We've got Isle of Skye here. What have you got?
5: so at Duncan Taylor we have our Blackpool brand from 1864 so it's actually quite an old brand um, and we're sticking to the original recipes uh, we use high malt content in the in the whiskies, uh, so 50% malt 50% grain and then also 50% ABV uh, which does something um, and blended whiskey I think it's just an undiscovered area because well, that's,
1: that's the whole discussion exactly. you know do you, you get mm-hmm. things what we get people think it's a blend, let's move on.
5: Yeah, exactly, and that's just wrong. I think it's the same with grain whiskey because you can find excellent grain whiskies, but it's just because there's, there's this misconception that people think that it's inferior, which is not right. If you make the recipe right, then the whiskey is good. It's actually probably more difficult to create a good blend than a single malt. Yeah. It requires for you to try and taste and keep trying. If, you
1: know. And my chat today was sometimes whiskies go to you. They're very powerful, they're very strong. Mm-hmm. I'm sure yours is the same. This blend, you can really, Go to it. It's not going to burn. It's nice and smooth. Mm. I'm sure yours is the same. And really work it and get all those lovely flavours out. And if you do, you get a lovely experience with a blended whiskey.
5: Exactly, yeah. We use both bourbon and sherry casts And depending which black bowl you choose, uh, there might be a bit more sherry in one than the other. Uh, But it's really easy to drink. And um, we try, at the beginning of tastings, we try and do a black bowl in all the single cast tastings. People try it and they're very surprised that it's a blended whiskey because it's not something they expect. Their experience is, you know, all the lower shelf cheaper yeah. whiskies. I
1: think that's it I think if you're listening to this it's an un well, not so untapped because there are very very big selling blended whiskies out there but it's that sector of the market I think there's so much more to be done with it
5: Yeah exactly but I think uh, we're entering a new era for blended whiskies uh, they were popular back in the 1900s yes. yeah. but now I think it's resurfacing again because people are discovering and there's more companies and more distilleries that are putting good uh, blended whiskies out in the market um, I think it's good also because many companies are being more transparent on what they're using, that they're using good ingredients, yeah. high malt content, which helps.
1: And age. Exactly. You, know, you, you, you guys are ageing mm. as well. Yeah. What's the, what's the ages?
5: So we have the two Kylo's, which are without age statements, but then we have a 12-year-old black bull, 18-year-old, um, 30-year-old, 50-year-old, and then 55-year-old. Wow which not, some of the single malls you might not even no. find at that age. You yeah, need rather
1: large checkbook yeah. for that single so, malt of a 50, 55 year. That's amazing. We've got a 30 year old mm-hmm. But that's, that's, cannot be age, uh, Gabriella, And that's why you went to bed last night much later than I did and you're <laughs> looking much fresher than I am. <laughs> Are you enjoying the fair?
5: Yes, it's really good. Uh, lots of people here, they do appreciate good whiskies, and they like hearing about them. Um, and it's also because it's B2B, so you get to... Talk more in person about uh, the things, yeah. um, and I think here people they also they need to know what they need to tell their consumers. So yes. that's why they come here. There was that bite
1: size and sort of little crib sheet of how to approach the the whiskies to sell to the customers. and yeah. know it's, great. it's been great. Listen. And what, what about the venue?
5: It's good. Uh, I've never really been in an arena like this. Um so I was just actually just taking pictures of the black hole um outside. Same, same uh, here. It's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> did you hear Paul who dropped the bottle? I did. <laughs> yes.
1: Uh, I had to interview him as well. <laughs> he
5: dropped his bottle.
1: Number one, don't drop the bottle. And Gabriella, thank you so much for joining us in Whiskey Unscripted.
5: Thank you very much. Thank you for having I've sailed
1: up to this lovely gentleman, some lovely whiskey here. What's your name and what's the whiskey?
3: Yeah, uh, my name is Kevin Madden and I'm from West Cork Distillers. So we're um, in 100% Irish Show, independent distillery based in Skibreen in West Cork in Ireland. So how long has it been going? The company itself has been going 20 years um, and I suppose it started, it's a great story that it started from the, a, a shed in a small fishing village union hall, three friends. Started about about creating spirit from that part of Ireland, Um, and as I said, they shed. They bought a secondhand schnapps still from Switzerland. (laughs) Is that right? (laughs) Yeah, and started, I suppose, experimenting on how they create different spirits like vodka and gin, and then later on, move forward maybe ten years, whiskey production began. Wow, ten years. What the style of whiskey is it? How is it made? What kind of stills have you? Yeah. what is it? West Cork whiskey, one oh one. Well, I suppose we, we 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 do we try to do everything. Um, so I suppose what we have we've got our blends. So we've got um, our signature core blend is our West Cork bourbon cask. We've got a, a nice a black cask which is already, has a bit more malt in it, and we finish it in a heavily charred cask. We've got some beer finishes. So we've got oh, a, a stout, and IPA finish, and those interested enough, we use a process called reverse osmosis. So we, we take some of the water content out of those beers and stouts, and it's left more of a kind of a syrup um, huh? liquid. So that sits into the cask, is then removed, and then you can there's more of it. You can get more of the stout, and IP character come through on the final products. We've our own last December released the Potsdill, so we've our own five year Potsdill, five years aged five years in bourbon casks. And then we've got a seven year old single malt that we released at the same time. So the single malt. You don't often see sevens. I like that in a, in a bottle. Yeah, That's yeah, great. Yeah, Cause yeah. You, used to be in, in the Scotch whiskies, eights was quite a popular number. You don't see them as much, but a sevens, I, I, I love that. Yeah, so and, I suppose we, like, we try to have different unique selling points. So uniquely with the, with the single malt, we've aged in sherry first. So it's in four years of sherry cask, and then in, in, for three years of bourbon. Um, and I suppose one of our popular latest releases is our maritime release. So I'll go back to the three founders. Two of the founders were fishermen and, and it's true of making a living 20 years ago and fishing in Ireland was, was quite difficult. And I suppose that's how the distillery was kind of born out of that necessity to, to, to create a living for themselves and their families. So yeah. this is our maritime release so it comes in that kind of unique bottle i know you can't see it but if you kind of maybe google westcock maritime release you'll see that it's it's in a bottle of shit as a, as a boy that you're seeing to see ah, yeah, really yeah so and and that's again our maritime release and that comes in in five finishes so we've got a port sherry rum virgin oak and we and we've calvados kept for travel retail only so and, and that's, that's for, really it's nice. a lovely link back yeah, to yeah. Mar- back to the, the heritage of, of the and it's um can you visit West Cork is that, is that a place you, you, you can, no, we, we, we do visit you can of course visit and um, right. we don't we, we don't have what I call it the, the turnstile visitor experience but we do do tours at okay. Monday Wednesdays and Fridays so ah, right. if you want to look up West Cork Distillers or we'll, we'll be more happy to show people around that's great right. so check out the website as well but listen uh, it's not a bad fear what, what do you make of it no it's been very good It's for, like, I know it's only the second year running we, we haven't we didn't hit weren't here last year but for us we're delighted to be here and it's we're, we're doing some nice business and, and so we're supporting courses yes important because they're a great partner Brilliant. well listen carry on perfect get working on, you can't spawn around here do interviews all
1: day <laughs> outside there and i'm just going to take a walk we've got a lot of the scotch whiskies in one room new world whiskies and some rums in another room. and in between the both a, a stall and I'm coming over with a lot of awards in front of me here, little pictures of awards. And I tell you what, let, not let me describe. What's your name and could you explain what we're all looking at?
6: I'm Anna from Hercenian Distilling, so from a distillery just in the heart of Germany. Oh, so that's a German distillation. What, how do you pronounce it? Hercenian Distilling. Herzenian, right. Okay, take us through... Um, the distillery and what's on the table? We're a quite old-fashioned distillery, so we produce single malt whisky like the, in the olden days. Uh, we use wooden wash bags, we use a 0.5 tonne mesh tonne, we have just uh, an output of about 50 to 60 thousand bottles every year. Indeed. We have direct wood-fired stills. Oh wow! Classic Danish warehousing. Yes. And uh, we only produce single malt whisky. Oh. Oh,
1: single malt, okay. Matured in...
6: Matured mostly in sherry casks. So we have over 60% of our warehouse capacity is just filled with uh, first fill and refill sherry casks. But we use also port wine casks and Madeira casks, Marsala casks and other sweet wine and wine casks.
1: I'm salivating just thinking of it. It just sounds wonderful. Now, I was just speaking to somebody and I've always wondered why in the past the Germans hadn't been into whiskey production. Was it because schnapps was so popular? But it now... They've woken up and they're making some great whiskies. But do you why, why do
6: you think it never happened a hundred years ago, eighty years ago? It, it, hap- it did happen. Okay. If we see our tradition in the Harz Mountains, distilling malted barley begins in the year 1300 by monks and novices of the nearby Imperial Abbey of Wackenried, and the monks and novices started to brew the beer. And uh, when sometimes in summertime uh, the beer was degenerating to sour beer, then they distilled it. And then they gained aquavita from malted barley, so in the medieval ages. But um, then there came doppelkorn and schnapps and so no one dared to mature it into calves. And this is a big uh, difference we do nowadays. Right, okay, so back to nowadays. What's on the table? There's lots of awards here. Here on the table we've got uh, some Elspurn bottlings and my special uh, bottling we have here is uh, Sherry Cask matured De Edition with 45.9% ABV. Um, then we have a Willowburn Ember, which is uh, from 50% Sherry and 50% other wine casks. And our special bottling, the Hard Gold, made from wood-smoked, peated, and unpeated malt. Oh,
1: b- both arms. and a lovely label on that as well.
6: It's an Art Nouveau label yes. um, inspired by mucha and uh, we've got a first-fill sherry casks with fifty-eight point five percent ABV. Yes, that sounds absolutely so gorgeous. Cost-string. So gorgeous!
1: And what's been going well at this uh, the fair? What's been going well? It's, what's been?
6: It's going. Everything is going well, but the best sellers are the the distillery edition from the Elspurne and the Hard go Wolapschies.
1: And can you, I've mentioned this before, is there a distillery you can visit if people were on holidays or is it a closed distillery? You can visit us, it's no
6: problem. We've opened five days a week and uh, we do tours every day. So it's no problem to visit us and we have about 20,000 visitors every year. Oh, that's
1: lovely. So it's a great excuse to come to Germany, enjoy this weather. It is not only
6: an excuse. It is the reason
1: to visit Germany. Oh, fantastic. Well, listen, thank you so much for joining us on Whiskey and Thank you. Good luck with the whiskies. I don't know... you won't need luck. Thank you, and you've got to try... I'm on my way to get a glass right now. Great. It's always nice when you go to these fairs to meet uh, familiar faces, and we've got a man um, called Mr. Dave King of Gordon McPhail. How are you, Dave? I'm <laughs> having great, thanks. How are you doing, Gordon?
7: What are we going to get here? Uh, a nice... G- i okay. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. yeah, thank you. Yeah. Well, yeah. we're going to take you over to the Gordon McPhail stand. Uh, we've got a gorgeous, delicious array of whiskies, and I'm going to pick something very special for you, which will probably involve a sherry cask and a great deal of age. And um, something my language. From something you may or may not have heard of. So we're going to head off to the stand here where we're baking. It is hot. It is hot. We have Ben across here. Say hello, Ben.
1: Hello. hello. Who's eating something? You had one word now, another podcast before. We'll talk about that. Um... Dave, and uh, you've got another Gordon as well. Oh yeah, only the best people at the Gordon that McPhail now. Is this Gordon McPhail? Sadly <laughs> um,
7: <laughs> not. Dave, you were in the newspapers? Sometimes, yes. It yes. wasn't for anything untoward. <laughs> no, not this time, although back in 1995 I was voted one of Scotland's most eligible bachelors by the daily record, normally. <laughs> <laughs> there was me, David Coulthard, Stephen Hendry, it was ridiculous. Uh, what we're famous for now, I guess, yeah, these wonderful rare whiskeys. So this is a Glen Talkers, 1990, 31 years old, 58, percent from a first filled sherry oh my cask, yeah. one of 505 bottles. So this is actually a puncheon rather than a, a butt. So, punching is just a bit like me, it's a bit shorter and fatter than a regular yeah, one. Same here. But uh, yeah. I wondered if you might like to try that corn. Uh, Give me a. Really, the, the you really, The arm's think?
1: twisted here, Dave. Really, You've really twisted my arm. Let's have a taste of this. Glen Talkers, Glenn take Talkers. us through. So Glen so Talkers? Glen Talkers
7: is, is basically on the road between Bucky and Bamak Morris, is it? Keith and Bucky, so sort of uh, Speyside just, oh. North East Highland, Speyside. Yeah, Speyside technically. yeah, Speyside yeah. technically, but um, unusual to get 505 bottles out of a, a puncheon, because that's a, a great uh, thing that we do, getting, you know, extra maturation, high quality, it's fantastic, right? It's actually fantastic. And, and, and it's really dark coloured, really rich, sherried, and uh, there's probably some really good tasting notes on the front, so I don't know what you're getting from that, Gordon, but... My glasses aren't right, You might be getting rich fruitcake aromas. <laughs> bit of cinnamon, is, dark topping. <laughs> Cracked black pepper, forest fruit, sprouts. Well, at the back of the
0: palate, it yeah, is yeah. dancing.
7: Yeah, yeah, at the
1: back, which is the paperiness there. But, Real classic Sherry you know Sherry yeah, like, like that. Oh, that's, exactly. that's absolutely wonderful. Um Dave, we've talked about you quite a bit, Gordon McPhail the last few episodes in Whiskey Unscripted with all the goings on. Before you even
7: talk about that, just for the listening that don't know Gordon McPhail, who are you? So we're probably one of the preeminent independent bottlers and have been doing it since eighteen ninety-five. Um, the difference with us is we send our uh, casks to the distilleries so we don't work in the broking market we fill our own casks at the distillery then keep them for a great length of time up to 80 years old um, but we do have things that are a bit younger so we have the discovery range comes in at about 50 pounds and uh, generations might be 80,000 pounds so if whatever your pocket we've got something for you and it must be a cornucopia, your warehousing. Yes, it's true. Where is, where is where so, the main one? Well, the main one's in Elgin, at our factory, but we also store at Benromic. And we do, because of the value of the casks, spread them around various properties. Yeah. Wow,
1: wow. Now, you mentioned Benromic. That's why you were in the, the newspapers for, because independent bottlers, there's a new just what E. McLeod have done yeah you know there's a new
7: evolution going on at Gordon yep. McFeel. could you explain yeah definitely we're in the in the business of working from being just an independent bottler to being an independent bottler and distiller we've got the Benromet distillery we've also got the Ken distillery and so you know if you move the clock forward 35 years, 50 years. We'll probably mainly be a distiller, but we'll still have the independent bottling. So if we're stopping filling. We've got enough stock to last probably another two or three generations.
1: <laughs> I would like to ask, is there a ballpark? How many casks you've
7: got? Well, is that... Is it, is Tens of thousands. <laughs> extraordinary. No, it's and amazing. it's been going since, what, 18?
1: 1895,
7: yeah, 1895. And because we're based in Elgin, right in the heart of Speyside, we've always had historical links with the distillers. And um, so, typically, you know, we'll have tamdu for example. Yeah. Uh, we've got Glenrothes. We've got. Uh, well, we've got 97 distilleries basically that we have in the warehouse. Some of which are closed. Um, you know, it's it's it is, as you say, a cornucopia. But I wouldn't like to spell it.
1: No, don't spell it. And I, I, I do the history of whiskey and one of the dates, because it's quite important to me, 1968. Yeah. Somebody came into the bottle and. Uh, Mr. George Urquhart releases right. The Connoisseur's I mean, Choice yeah, which that, I know a lot of people have said that
7: almost could be called the grandfather of single malt whiskey yeah I think so I think he was the only person that was really looking at single malts when the world was dominated by blends you know Johnny Walker Dewars um, Sar, you know all of these people J and V were out there and y- using all the malt whiskies into blends but he said well you know I want to keep this thing separately and so we were licensed bottlers so you'll see bottles of McAllen bottled by Gordon McPhail you'll see we, even today, we do Mortluck, we do Linkwood, we do uh, a number of, blend, you know, he still is saying to us, use our label on your bottlings as a licensed bottler. And that gave us a very special position, but also meant that quality was really important because we were being trusted with somebody else's label. These days, that's less of a thing, although we still have five or six that we do, but mainly connoisseur's choices. Pretty much all single cask, all cask strength, all unique and try and do it, you know, and it's it's what whisky people want. It's a great story. I've learned so much. You've been an eligible bachelor, in
1: the, but your, your career is interesting as well because you have connections
7: to Glen Goyne? I do. I was uh, married in the still room in Glengoyne. Can we 2000- just stop that? You were actually married in the still room? Yeah, uh, married in the still room <laughs> at Glengoyne by uh, the Reverend Ron. I can't remember his surname now, but I remember his wife had a few drinks. She enjoyed a Glengoyne or two, <laughs> that was for sure that day. We had the uh, reception, the initial reception in the visitor centre overlooking the the, uh, the water reservoir there. And then, about a year, year and a half later, uh, my eldest son, Jamie, we had him christened up at the distillery as well and I've got a great picture of a uh, one-year-old with a bottle of Glengoyne 17, <laughs> by the way, an excellent tipple. I, we sadly don't have any Glengoyne stocks at Gordon MacPhail, but it doesn't stop me drinking it. Um, yeah, so I've got a lot of connections with Glengoyne. And Goyne. you were there because you were working for Edmonton at the time, you yeah, not yeah. it? And you were in charge of the... Yeah, I was managing director of Lang Brothers, which had Glenn and uh, and I also saw your Lang's Banana Rum. Yes. And, uh, you had that you were seeing. Yeah we had on that your desk. on my desk back way back in the 90s. 90s. So yeah lots of links with Glenwood and Ian McLeod yeah. Distillers. And then you fine. moved from Edrington You Yeah down to Berry Brothers and Rudder. Edrington did a joint venture with Berry Brothers on Covey Sark and I went down there to be the marketing director and then from then I went out to the States to, to run a, a distillery and brewery and an import company and yeah so I've been around and then when I came back from the States in 2016 I joined Gordon McPhail as sales director and here I am. Wow,
1: I'm I'm with the two distilleries now and and some just
7: amazing whiskies that we're drinking right now. Absolutely and delighted to be part of it and working with the Urquhart family who are proud custodians. It's the fourth generation now um, and they're looking forward to many more generations of family in the business. So. Yeah. Dave, it's been an absolute
1: pleasure having you on. Well, thanks very much, guys. It's pleasure. Always. I've actually, I've,
7: I've, I've actually managed to ask not bad
1: questions. Yeah, you've done a great job. <laughs> Back to the whiskey. Thanks,
7: Dave.
1: Cheers. Well, there we have, Gordon. I, I, was, I thoroughly enjoyed that. That was...
2: Yeah, and, and uh, good to hear from Dave King and uh, Paul Dempsey as well. He's got some interesting news coming. Well... Of course, with his new distillery.
1: Brilliant. That was it. Um, what we've got now down there, we've got the the the, Rassi, the R&B Mitchell starting uh-huh. up in Macrahanish, you've got Springbank going Scotia and now, as Paul said Witchburn.
2: I know, it's amazing. Um, Really really good to hear and good to hear Cap. and obviously with, you know, probably the with what's happened at Springburn recently with Headley, you know, it's really interesting to see that you know, commitment to Campbelltown, he would be really happy with all of this, I think. So that's great.
1: Oh, that's great. And we'll, we'll maybe do a, a year that changed whiskey in the next episode because it's such a big subject. You're now looking back 100 years, and mm. the, the year that, that that done it for, well, it was a few years that done it for Spring uh, Campbelltown mm-hmm. was the 18, so, sorry, the 1920s and um, mm. 20
2: odd
1: maybe 28, get into the 1920s. By the yeah. end of the 1920s, there was two left. So really, 100 years ago, between 1924, mm-hmm. 25, 26, i just a, almost a mass extinction. So mm-hmm. it's taken almost 100 years, in fact, mm-hmm. you could say more, for this to happen. No, it's
2: unbelievable. Yeah, no, unbelievable. And, and uh, I'm glad, very glad. Yeah, which is another, fabulous.
1: And another, I would like to doff do, do my cap to Anna there from the Hersinian distilling in Germany. What a, mm. an interesting single malt Gordon. They were direct firing their stills, single mm. malt, wooden washbacks, real traditional way of doing things. That yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you try it? Yeah, I did try it. Yes. Yes. Um, so absolutely delicious. It really is lovely. Yeah, if you do it well. It doesn't matter what age it is, It's it was delicious. So that was Paul, as you heard, taking a photograph and dropped his bottle. This is the pitfalls of being an ambassador out there. You've got to do the social media. So yeah, the ball, bottle balanced in the Werder Bremen Stadium with a football pitch behind the bottle just about to hit the button and the bottle falls smashed oh,
2: no these
1: are the... we've done travel tips before gordon but some of these ambassadorial tips you you know we
2: have done we have done travel tips and here's another one take some blue tack if you want to take a photo <laughs> of a picture of a bottle on a ledge
1: that's exactly it
2: and <laughs> so what what makes that a little bit different that was a trade show wasn't it yes so that's a show not for consumers so it's not for it's for Selling your wares to shops and that type of thing, isn't it, on behalf? So you were there, talking up our brands on behalf of our distributor. Yes, that's, is that not right?
1: That's correct. So you, I think the difference being, sl- they were looking how to apply your products mm-hmm. in yeah, yeah, the yeah. establishment. Interesting, a young clientele in the second days, a lot of cocktail, a lot of people mm-hmm. having cocktail bars. Can these flavors work and having a taste of them, and they got a mm-hmm. really good good and it was obviously
2: the other thing of course is just to give people a bit we have a few distributors who work for us in germany and so kirsch obviously do edinburgh gin and some of our whiskies. we have glengoyne Tamdu and rosebank with another distributor borko and we have smokehead with a third distributor is that not right
1: is that quite is that unusual in the industry is that just par for the course in a lot condition. of it can be legacy. A lot of
2: it can be a whole range of reasons. But um So you would have been there, obviously, talking about Isla
1: Sky, I would imagine. That's right.
2: Isla and Smy. Maybe
1: a bit of Edinburgh Gin. Were you talking a bit about Gin? I was talking about Edinburgh Gin. And one of our uh, favourites in the show, the Six Isles.
2: Ah, the Six Isles. Blended whiskey. malt. Ah. Can I just say to anybody out there, if you want to great, uh, uh, you know, drink great whiskey, there's so many. Of course, but blended malt, don't discount Blended malt because it has the word blended in it And if you like a smoky whiskey with Bags of flavour, go for The Six Isles, yeah, beautiful And that's exactly, and it,
1: this timorous Beastie Blended malt, as you say It's a wonderful, from the Highland region i found Out for you, the Highland region That's, that's right, it's about the Six Isles up and down a treat As well Gordon, so, good, uh, that was great Now, I'm, I am Heading out tonight And the podcast will probably come out After this I'm heading out to do a taste. Oh, you're going to Edinburgh tonight, aren't you? That's right. That's right. And to do a little bit of the Glengoyne storytelling. Oh, yes. This is leading somewhere. Mm-hmm. This is leading to a challenge.
2: <laughs> oh God,
1: right. And I'm going to be doing a little five sections on the story of Glengoyne. And at the end of each section, I'm holding up to the camera. I've got a little yes or no cards. Just to give people a bit of interactivity and some questions based on those sections I've talked about. Right. So, so yeah, the, the, the first section involves obviously the, I'm not going to the, that one with you, Gordon, the creation mm-hmm. of distilleries. We're 1833. And then I've got a whole section, are we older than Glen Morringe, for example? Are we okay. So that's, I'm going to part that aside. But number two section, is about the transition in the 1850s. A chap takes over Glengoyne. It's called Burnfoot Lodge, uh, Burnfoot Farm in those days. He's from a distillery in Bathgate. Now, using my trusty Alfred Bernard's Distilleries of the United Kingdom, published 1888, I found out that the only distillery in Bathgate was Glen Mavis. That's a strange name for Mavis. In this country, you associate with your auntie. Uh, you know, or the, or the lady... Or coronation the Street. street. <laughs> coronation sheet. Mavis. It's a strange uh, name for a distillery. Really? Uh, yes, there was a distillery called Glen Mavis, which got me thinking. Real or fake? Could you spot these distilleries, either real or I've made them up? And this will be a world oh, premiere no. tonight. Rose Street at the Old Hundred in Edinburgh. There is no... F- <laughs> so, real or Fake. Gordon Dundas, was there ever a distillery, and this is out of the whiskey distilleries of the United Kingdom, this is Alfred Bernard's book. Or not. Yes or no, Glen Nevis.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So Glen means valley. Yep. Ben Nevis is a hill. That's right. Which is the opposite of a valley, so I'm suggesting no.
1: It was a distillery. Glen Nevis was in Campbelltown. Okay. Really? Yes. So it even up near Ben Nevis. Yeah, I think it was. No, no, Campbelltown, No, nowhere near Ben Nevis. That's right. Oh Tannock Bray. Bray distillery was that ever a distillery? I mean, this is
2: complete shot. It? Yes, I think it probably was.
1: It wasn't a distillery. Gordon, zero out of two. <laughs> um, it if... was completely made up. Not yes, it was completely made up. It was Doctor Finley's casebook. It was a program from the 1960s and it was set at Glengoyne and they took it over and called it Tamach Bray Distillery. So never was a distillery, but it was a fictional one in a television show. Oh, okay, right, get it. You've heard of McAllen? Well. McAllen? Is there ever been a distillery called Port Allen? Port Allen. Port Allen. No. You're correct. The first one, Gordon. Gordon, we've got Spring Bank. Was there ever a distillery called Springside? Real yes. I, th- oh, I think there was, wasn't there? Yes,
2: there was. Another Campbelltown one. Yes, I think there was. I remember hearing about this. Yeah. Yes, I have heard You're that.
1: You're now getting your legs. You're now oh, getting well, yeah. your sea legs here. Uh, Glen Foyle. Yes or no? Glenn Foyle. There is a television program called Foyle's War in the UK. But was there a Glen? No, movie? there wasn't. No. Yes, there was. It was in Stirling.
2: Uh, right, so we've got two out of five.
1: Correct. Royal Scotia. Royal Scotia.
2: So we've got Royal Loch Nicar, Royal no, Bracla. No. There's not a Royal Scotia.
1: You're absolutely correct. That's my trick question. There is a Scotia. There was a Scotia, but not Royal Scotia. No. Glen Caddam. Glen Caddam.
2: There is a distillery called Glen
1: Caddam. You're absolutely right in Breaking. Uh, Gordon, lastly, yeah. there's a lovely village in Scotland, not far from Edinburgh, heading up to, to Perthshire, Ochter Muchte. Mm-hmm. Was there ever a distillery called Ochtermachty Distillery?
2: Mm, it's Fife, so it would be Lowlands.
3: Ochtem- there were
2: lots of distilleries in the Lowlands, but I've never heard of Ochtermachty Distillery. Um, So there, I, I've got no idea. Yes.
1: Yes, yes, you are right. Ochtermachty, there was a distillery. Alfred Bernard visited it 1885, 1886. As you say, a plethora of distilleries in those days, and the last couple, Glen Gyle, yes, correct, and finally,
2: Glen Gals in Campbellton
1: town finally, Loch and Loch and Dal. You've mentioned Bowmore already today on the podcast, but was there a distillery called Loch and Dal? I think there was. You are correct, Gordon. Yes, you are. um There was so obviously it. Fell by the wayside. Bowmore, yeah, right I don't it, know right? where
2: it was, but the, I, th- I remember hearing about Lock and Dial Distillery. So, yeah.
1: So, and I have to say, on that point, how beautiful is the Bowmore tasting room?
2: Absolutely, one of those places in the world of whiskey. Top ten whiskey locations to drink whiskey. I would suspect.
1: Wow, that's a good. That's a good. Subject All good. For, of a oh, podcast. it is. Isn't it's it? It
2: is a very good subject for a podcast.
1: We're going to follow that one up. Uh, so there we go, Gordon. That's a, a literal premiere of the quiz. Fantastic! Tonight, just in the fact that Glenn Mavis, a chap, came from there to oversee and take on what would be Glengoyne. It was just an odd-sounding name for a distillery, so there it is go. a
2: bit of a weird name,
1: isn't it? I, 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 I just on the research, you know, in the eighteen twenties. Although some of these were a wee bit further up, but all those Campbelltown ones, over a hundred. It was like a gold rush in Scotland in the eighteen twenties. After the Excise Act of eighteen twenty-three, you know, anyone that could get the money together. Could open mm. up the distillery now legally, and it was like a floodgate opening up. Uh, and yeah, well over 100 distilleries well over 100 I, I don't know if it's 200, but well over 100 opened up in the 1820s. And of course, many, many, many did not see the light of day. Mm. We've got no, absolutely we did a wee bit of a summer book club, and we'll have got an author coming on in the next episode, mm-hmm. all will be revealed. I've uh, been in touch with the agent, so that's how that's what we're Oh, I see. Yeah. Oh, I see. And uh, but for that history of those closed distilleries, not only was Alfred Bernard, but a good book, Gordon Brian Townsend, Scotch Mist. The
2: was that not the guy who wrote Adrian Moore? <laughs> that was Sue Townsend, wasn't it? <laughs> well, and that Scotch is Brian, mist- is Brian so it was Sue Townsend who wrote Adrian Mole. Is that Brian's sister? I had never thought... And is Pete Townsend also involved?
1: And Now you've taken it too far. Because you almost had me. You almost had me. (laughs) Scotch Mist is about all the closed distilleries. i am just finished reading it. And yeah, I think he refers to it as a gold rush in the 1820s. Amazing. Some of them just never... And only the cream rose to the top. The Mm. ones still with us today. So it's amazing. And that sort of takes a full circle to our Campbelltown chat. Yeah, 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 of course. What would you say, the renaissance of Campbelltown takes a hundred years to get back on their feet, but my goodness, they are, so.
2: Yeah, it's good to hear, absolutely good to hear. And, you know, you just, you know, with the release of uh, the Isla Harris and we've got, um, you know, a whole, you know, the the whiskey environment is looking pretty positive, but, uh, you know, I think the other thing to just say is, that you know, with all these new releases and all these new distilleries, it's, it's it's a really positive outlook, uh, certainly in the shorter term and certainly in the last week. We have noticed there's a – I think the market's a little tougher at the moment, actually, and that's just down to, you know, I think what's going on in the world, which the uncertainty in Europe and a bit in the UK and America is is probably less that way. But obviously, you know, just generally at the moment the, the, the world is a little – Little, I don't know, and we just see it in whiskey. Whiskey, you know, it's always a long-term banker, but uh, well, you know, I think at the moment it's just a little bit more tougher. Which is, you know, from our perspective, we don't have loads of whiskey. You know, we we are we, we pretty much sell what we have, and we have more demand than we have supply, which is a it's a relatively good position to be in. You'd love to have, um, you know, more supply to you know, but that's sort of where we're at and I just noticed that having spoken to a few people around the industry.
1: Yes, yeah, so is, is, is that across the industry? This um... well, it's across
2: the industry. You know, I think uh, I think uh, you know you just you look at your own behavior, you know, you go out less. I'm going out less, I'm I'm doing a few less things and things like that, just because I'm you know we're all doing the same thing and that covers uh, covers you and whiskey as well, you know.
1: I think it's Forbes magazine who said that at the moment I think the worldwide value for whiskey is about sixty billion in scotland our exports are about six billion and they're expecting growth towards the end of the decade heading up to over 108 billion pounds yeah look i mean you'll
2: always you'll always have eight times when you know we've seen big rises and falls in scotch whiskey in the past this is not a big fall it's just a simple yeah you know a little bit of a compression on demand um but i think we'll see that we'll, you will come back and i think in the longer term the uh the um you know the need for really good whiskey and the need and, and then and the diversity in the markets that we have, you know, will help Scotch in the long term. So I'm not it's just a, a little bit of dampening of of demand in certain areas, I think. And and we're seeing it across the industry.
1: Right. Okay. Before we head off, I just want to quick yeah. just you, you teed up, you're heading down to London. I think that's the Whiskey Live, that's Sukhinder's show, is that right? Yes,
2: it's, it's Sukhinder, it's the Whiskey Exchange Whiskey Show in Old Billingsgate. I think it's completely sold out Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We'll be there with um, all the Ian McLeod wares from Glengoyne and Tamdu and maybe even a Rosebank for people to try as their, their sort of dream dram. And who, who are you looking
1: um, for? Who expect to see that down there? Some fellow producers and maybe I'm Sukhinder about Tormor?
2: Yes, Tor Moran. and see how distillery is getting on on Isla. Uh, yeah, no, looking forward to it because um, I haven't been for a couple of years. I went two years ago and it was still a bit life is still a bit Covidy back then. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a great show. It's a great show from a, from a meeting everybody perspective. It's it's not a UK. It's an international show, and you really have I think some of the best shows are probably that. I think it's the best show in the UK because it's very international. I think you've got Whiskey Live in Paris, which is a really big, you know, trade and consumer show, but probably trade is more important aspect of it. And it's a big show run by La Maison du Whiskey. Um, They're probably two of the standout shows, having obviously been at the Whiskey Whiskey L in Seoul. Ooh. I think that's one of the biggest whisky shows in the world. Is not in Seoul, sorry, in Shanghai. Know your know your country, Gordon. Know your country, Shanghai. That's an amazing whisky show. With the the show at the weekend will be great. So everybody pop along to you in the McLeod's stand.
1: That will be good fun. Great, Gordon. Well, listen, yeah. that's has got to the end of an episode. Thank you to all our contributors uh, from yeah. Bremen. That was great. And
2: well done on that. And I'll get some get some interviews this weekend.
1: Oh, that'd be great, great. And I'm off to Viva. Let's uh, anyway, we'll talk about that. Oh, yes, <laughs> uh,
2: right. yes. Yeah, so, 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 just to tell everybody, just to give you a little bit of context, Gordon went to Dallas. So, Gordon Dallas <laughs> went to Dallas. There's a famous film that I'm going to quote, but I'm not actually going to quote it. Uh, I didn't realize when you came back and, and just sort of dropped into the conversation, it was your first time ever in the USA, yeah,
1: all over Europe, but never across the pond.
2: And you're going back, can't get enough of it. That's right, and you're not just go. You're going to Vegas. Yeah, yeah,
1: right into the heart of the action. So yeah, it's the same people that distribute and buy our whiskey and total wines. These liquor stores, absolutely amazing. They're having a wonderful festival, a big night in Vegas, and certain producers are being invited to go across and pour for some of their exclusive customers.
2: And anybody out there should be following Isle of Sky on. Instagram oh, yes. etc because it'll, Gordon will show you the work he's been doing on it it's uh you know what I love about eyeless guy again what we said about the word blended it's a blended whiskey but the depth of the range is something to yeah. behold isn't it from a an eight-year-old up to a 30 year old with oh, about seven expressions in between.
1: Oh, that's right! Just exactly what we're talking about with Gabriella there from Duncan Taylor. You know, mm-hmm. big blends uh, can be a big flavor. So why, oh, would of course, yeah, get into that. And with the Isle of Sky, great story. But one of my, you know, chats. If you've not been to the Isle of Skye, you get yourself across. It's like House of Dragons meets Game of Thrones. It's round every corner. It's just a fabulous theatrical, magical island. So you get that to riff off as well. Harry Styles. Sign of the Times video, or get onto Prometheus, uh, Ridley Scott's movie, mm-hmm. I love Skiesmann's Stardust, Michelle Pfeiffer, Robert De Niro. It's been in many, many movies. One of your favorites, Maid of Honour with J-Lo. I know you've been watching it. I, I, one of the Dunvegan Castle. It was with Maid of Honour, was... You know that, Gordon, you
2: know that, you've got... Um, I, th- I think Maid of Honour too. I... <laughs> <laughs> Right. Made of honour, return of the bouquet.
1: <laughs> Is that a view? Real... <laughs> no. No, he's just anyway. So yes, it's, anyway, it's a great place to talk about as well as to, to sample the whiskies. Yeah. We will have to head off now. Thank you so okay. much for joining us.
7: Bye on bye.
1: On the trail, ahead. On the trail.